How do you navigate a couple's match? What are some successful strategies? How do you keep your mind off match day? What was it like to meet before matriculation and become and stay a couple throughout the med school journey? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Monica and George, successful couples match students here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, I got another uh, great couple of guests today. I got Monica and George. Hello. 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 All right. Let's uh, let's start off. Uh, let's, let's, let's. We just had the match. Don't say where you matched yet. We'll have the big reveal at the end. Uh, but couples match, huh? Yep, that's we went through the couples match. It okay, was fun, fun and exciting for sure. All right, so what were some of your strategies doing couples match? Well, we are big time planners, so we have thought about this for several years now. Yeah, we. I think we. I guess the first step would be picking programs. I guess was one of the the first things, and I think we our first step was location wise, so regionally. Mm. Um. And so we both kind of grew up in the West, both kind of wanted to stay out West, so focused on doing things out West, um, and then looked for places that had, you know, good peds and good anesthesia programs. Um, and then from there, kind of spread out, you know, maybe a couple Midwest, a couple East, um, you know, we both got to kind of pick ones that were out of that region that we both liked, and mm-hmm. then uh, kind of came to an agreement on, on places we would apply. So I think that um, when you're starting medical school, you don't really even know what residency programs are out there. Like I was very unfamiliar with, you know, where are all of the PEDS programs? So I think the first resource I I used was Doximity. It mm-hmm. just kind of lists all of the different programs, and like by state or by region, just to get a sense of, oh, wow, like there's a lot in California or there's not very many in Utah or something like that. We just kind of browsed and then compiled a, a huge list, taking some of the ones that I wanted and George might not have necessarily wanted and vice versa. Okay. And how many programs are we talking about? Um, I think we applied to 22 distinct programs. Okay. Yeah. Did all 22 offer you interviews? No, we got, let's see. I think I was probably offered of the 22 or 23, maybe 17 or 18. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I would say. I was offered 20 of the 22. And then did you have similar interview days or are they completely unrelated? I mean, did you ever go out together and interviewed at the same time? So, yeah, we we had heard, you know, in asking other people about couples interviewing, we had heard that it was really difficult to get interviews together because mm-hmm. you apply to all the schools and then as soon as all your information is transmitted through ARIS, um, interview invitations start coming out at random times. And so... Oftentimes you have to quickly book those dates with whatever's available. And mm-hmm. so if we got an interview at, say, University of uh, Utah and, you know, I got one on a Tuesday and then she got hers two weeks later, it's hard to kind of match those up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually kind of anticipated that because people gave us that advice. And we kind of sat down and looked at our schedule and kind of picked out you know, regions and trips that we would like to do at the same time. So we said, okay, let's book out the, this week for California. Mm. And then let's book out this week for Northwest where we could go to Seattle. We could go to Portland. Mm. Um, and then we both kind of, whenever we got those interview invites, we scheduled them at the same time. And so we actually got 
I would say seventy-five or more percent of our of our travel was done together. That's really good. That's so we great. Did, we were pretty successful with it. And when you applied, they knew ahead of time you're doing couples match, right? So did that ever come up on the interview day, or is that something that you kind of communicated after interview day? So that really, the, the, the love letters. It really falls on the applicant to make sure the program knows. So mm. there's one box on it's either the heiress application or the MISPI where you can check and say that you're couples matching. Mm. But I think it's important for people listening who are doing the couples match is that programs, um, when they're offering interview invites, they are considering you separately mm. from your significant other that you're matching with. So we, in, we check the box and there's a place where you can write the name and the specialty of the person you're couples matching with. And then I think even in our Misby letter, we mentioned that we were couples matching. Um, and then when we, at any point in time when we're communicating with the program, writing thank you notes to our interviewers, writing le- the love letters to the program directors, we would mention it again, mention it on interview day. Would you include pictures of each other? Like, oh, <laughs> this is George, this is what he looks like, or this is Monica. Yeah. Pictures of us on a romantic walk <laughs> in the hills. Holding hands, Holding hands yeah. thinking about medicine together. Yep. All right. So uh, were were most of the programs pretty? Uh, did they? Get, did you get the sense that they knew, or did you? Do you think some shockingly people didn't read any of this information and they were kind of caught off guard? What, what was your impression? I I think um, mostly they knew when they had like documents in front of them they would know, mm-hmm. but I think on interview day, you know, especially when you like if you interview with the program director, um, you know, they're seeing. 10 plus people in that day and they've seen, they've had interviews the previous day. And, you know, even if they know your application, I think that's something that's maybe not on the forefront of their mind. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, often in an interview, they will say, so what questions do you have or anything you'd like to say? And I would always with the program director specifically say, you know, just a reminder to let you know that I'm couples matching with Monica and she's interviewed at the pediatrics program yesterday Mm -hmm. or she's interviewing today. And, um, just so you're aware about that. And I think half the time they would they would already know and they'd be like, oh, yes, I'm aware of that. And sometimes they would be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. But thank you for reminding me. I'll you know, talk to the pediatric side or whatever. I think there's a slight difference between our fields um, with pediatrics and anesthesia. I would say almost all of the program directors knew mm-hmm. I was I was couples matching without me bringing it up. And I was actually even pulled aside by a couple program directors and they were, and they would be like, Oh, so I see that your couple's matching. You know, do you mind ask, do you mind me asking, um, how competitive your significant other is? And do they <laughs> have an interview? <laughs> yeah. So it, it comes up definitely. Okay. Interesting. 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 Was it hard to kind of be put on the spot to be asked about George? Um, I think. We were very fortunate in that we were similarly competitive mm-hmm. applicants, and so it was really easy for me to answer those questions. Um, Sounds like you got a lot of interview offers, so yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah. It was a little jarring, though, because they sometimes do ask those direct questions, and mm-hmm. um, it's good to think about uh, diplomatic response um, b- beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've talked to a fair amount of couples who have done couples match, and they've all remarked on one thing. I'm just curious how you navigated this. There's just this added stress leading up to match and all that. How, how did you two deal with that? Yeah. A lot of discussions, a lot of debates, you know, because both of you have to submit a rank list, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And how, how do you navigate that? How do you come up with a list? So we had a couple strategies. I think 
I think we were fortunate in that we could interview together at mm-hmm. a lot of places so that right after the interview, we were able to talk about um, how we felt about the programs. But we didn't actually say like, oh, this is my number one, number two, number three until we've probably until we'd probably finished most of our interviews. Um, we had this ranking tier system mm-hmm. that we started using probably midway through the application season. Like, oh, this is more like bottom tier programs. These are mid tier and these are, you know, maybe my top seven programs mm-hmm. that I'm thinking of. Yeah. And then I actually, we kind of took a very passive approach, I think, where we just talked about it for a long time. We didn't really like put a rank list together. We just kind of, in da- all of our downtime, just had discussions. So, like, well, what did you think about, you know, San Diego? Or what did you think about San Francisco? And, you know, what would you, if we ended up moving here, what would our lives look like? And we kind of let it, let ourselves just think about it for a long time before mm-hmm. we really kind of put a list down. Um, but then we did have to reach one point where we kind of, picked a night and we're like, all right, like you make your list of your top 10 and I'll make my list of my top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's compare them and see what they look like. And then f- from that point on, then it was kind of more of a negotiation and a discussion. Yeah. Cause I think all relationships on some level, there's a little bit of a power struggle that goes on. And mm-hmm. you know, when you have two highly intelligent, you know, physicians embarking upon their careers, there's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And so I think it's normal. It's part of the kind of experience. So and then just because, you know, the differences in, you know, maybe some pediatric programs at a given institution are stronger than anesthesia and vice versa. Once we saw each other's ranked list, mm-hmm. I think at one point we wrote them on our mirror so we could look at them. Um, then there was kind of some shuffling of, OK, well, George really likes this program, so I'm willing to increase this one if he maybe increases this program that I like on the list. So some compromise there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I was actually, despite all the warnings of, like, this is going to be challenging or whatever, I thought it was going to be easier than it was, um, you know, because we, we both have different goals and different ideas of what we want, and we got a little bit unfortunate that it seemed like kind of our opinions about places didn't quite line up. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, I would come back from one interview, I'd be like, I love this place, and one could be like, uh, I don't know about <laughs> it. And it seemed like for a couple weeks it happened, like, every time. Mm. Um so, you know, there there are sacrifices that have to be made and you have to come to an agreement. And I was, for some reason, I was surprised by that. I don't know why. <laughs> and I think for us, there was the added complication of the prelim year for George with anesthesia, mm-hmm. um, which is something that we didn't initially think about in our planning and that if he matched into an advanced program that we would also have to figure out what do we do for that first year. So that's that was the really stressful part for me on match day. Yeah. Uh, you mind sharing how much money you kind of dedicated towards like the entire experience in terms of, you know, travel and lodging and application fees and I would, I would say we did a really good job of, um, being as efficient with money as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we, so what we did actually, so like five or six months before application season, we knew we'd be traveling a lot. We both opened up like a Chase Venture Sapphire, Sapphire mm-hmm. credit card, which is like a good travel card. And, you know, you spend your first like 2000 or something and you get a bunch of miles. So we we could use that for travel. So we used that. And then we I had a bunch of miles already saved up. And so we drove, we drove to one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then almost in every place we 
stayed with friends or used, you know, the school had hosts. Yeah. We have alumni association out there. Right. So, um, so and, I and that worked out well. I got it there. worked okay. out really well. You it's, it's a little more work because sometimes you're, you know, your hosts or your friends and they don't live in the exact area you want to be. And it'd be much nicer to pay $150 to stay in a hotel. It's across the street from where you interview. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more work, but, um, I think what was our, I think our total is like just over a thousand dollars each. Yeah. Oh, that's amazingly say, just shy low. Of, yeah. I would wow. say just shy of 1500, like a thousand to 1500. That's really low. Total. Most people are higher than that. Yeah. Yes. For like, 12 interviews for that, me. That's really good. That's yeah, excellent. So we were really happy with that. Um, so couch surfing, credit card miles, yep. little tricks. Okay. Credit Don't card be miles. afraid to use alumni association. Yep. Okay. Contacting mm-hmm. random friends, family friends, old who college live in the friends. Area. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm in town. <laughs> Sleeping on I'll a lot take of you couches. out to dinner. <laughs> and so, surprisingly, one of our biggest costs were uh, Ubers and Lyfts, like mm. to the airport, from the airport, to the dinner before, from the dinner before. Mm-hmm. During times of high traffic, yeah. you have to go on those dinners, right? That's part of the yeah. the ritual, I would say. Okay. Yeah, and they're, I mean, they're often. At least for anesthesia, they have pretty good dinners. And mm-hmm. so there were, you know, three-course meals. And <laughs> it was really nice. I got to go with him on a couple of them when they opened it to significant others. Mm. It's always good. It's always yeah. good. So we were, yeah, I would say that cost that we had is we did a really, we worked really hard to get it that low. I would say mm-hmm. that's definitely not. It's standard. not typical. No. You guys worked hard. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about. The night before you submitted match lists. Good night, bad night, calm. We actually, I'm trying to think the exact night before. I think we had already pretty much finalized our list. So decisions were made. Decisions so decisions were, were made. Okay. And so there wasn't any uh, panicking about like changing our order. Mm-hmm. It was more, um, you know, you get online and with the couples match, you have to make sure everything lines up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to, with the couples match, you do a lot of iterations of matching programs together. And so, you know, we had probably like 30 some ranks. And so to go through and make sure they all like match up properly and you do the the paperwork right, Mm -hmm. I'd say that was probably the biggest stress thing. And there's no like submit button. So Mm -hmm. we, you can put in your rank list. I think it's like several weeks to almost a month before it's actually due. Mm -hmm. And so we had just put that in and we had probably checked over it over five times. Like each day we would take some time, look through it. So the night before everything was set and we were just kind of looking through for any errors that we made. Okay. So let's talk about Thursday night, the night before match day. What were you doing? What were you feeling? Can you describe it? There was the whole day that, was just a great day before match day. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we we just thought, okay, we need to fill our day with activity so that Thursday goes really fast. So and distraction. So we don't think about okay. Friday. All right. Um, and it happens to be the NCAA tournament right now. Okay. And we actually got free tickets to the Gonzaga basketball game that mm-hmm. day. So we watched basketball for several hours of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we do after that? I assume food was involved. Yeah, we went. Were your families in town? Were you hosting your family? No, I think family was coming in town a little bit later. Okay. Um, we ended up going to the store and picking out some things for dinner. I think it was steak and salmon. Mm-hmm. Well, we went and got coffee with we went and got coffee with a classmate and talked about it. And 
then we just went to the store and got some food and cooked a nice dinner and tried to stay as busy as possible. So in my year, someone actually felt pretty sure they didn't get their number one. So they actually bought paraphernalia. Oh, no. <laughs> to wear right after they opened their envelopes. And it turned out well, yeah. but that was kind of a risky move. So no buying paraphernalia. We did not okay. do that. Okay. Nope. <laughs> did anyone do that in your class? I don't remember seeing anyone putting on hats or T-shirts. I don't think I saw with different any. Cl- with different places in the country. I don't think I saw any, although my dad did uh, – he sort of showed up with like colors. He was wearing certain colors of a place that he thought he wanted us to match, and bought me flowers of the color oh, that okay. he wanted us right. to match at. So maybe your dad, your dad had some inside info. <laughs> My dad did. We didn't approve him to do that, but okay. he did it anyway. Did that add just more stress, or just surreal yes, at that point? No, okay. it did. <laughs> okay, all right. So did you sleep Thursday night? Not well. Okay. No. I woke up at four a.m. Mm-hmm. ready for the day to start. I did not fall back asleep. Yeah, I was pretty happy to get probably four or five hours. Okay. I mean, it's just one of those nights that you're just thinking about all the possibilities. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't think I've talked to anyone that slept well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a very strange ritual that has been created over time. And there's definitely great things about it, but there's some significant not so good things about it. And it is kind of a spectacle, I would say. Like this year, I was just amazed. I've never seen, like, like we've done it at the university guest house for many years, but it's the first time I remember the big balloons that they had up front. I mean, that like that was new, and I swear the spreads getting more elaborate, so there's more and more food, and the room was just packed. A lot of nervous energy. So, so yeah, yeah. I was. That was one of the things I was surprised by on match day was how much energy is in the room and how much kind of chaos it is and. I've told many people that I think if I was by myself, like in a vacuum, I would have been calm and fine with everything. But in that room with all your friends and classmates, all their family, Mm -hmm. all the stuff that's going on around you, you can't help but kind of get caught up in Mm -hmm. everything that's going on. And it was, it's a crazy like hour and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, you know. Everyone gives their little speeches. They cut the ribbon at 10. You all get your envelopes. Did you open them together? So I thought we had a really good strategy that we talked about beforehand. Okay, so, let's hear it. Um, Dr. Lee cut the ribbon, and okay. then we you know, slowly or a modest pace walked up, got our envelopes because it's all alphabetized, so it's easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had to walk back to our families because we wanted to open them together Mm -hmm. and so as we're walking back there's people who've already opened them who are crying and screaming and so you just kind of have to blind that out um and so we got to our families and then george and i decided to um try to open the envelopes at the same time so we like awkwardly ripped them open and then we have the letter and then we opened them and showed our families okay so where are you headed the big reveal we're headed to Stanford University. Awesome. And how was that received? Were you, I assume you were happy. Both of you are beaming right now. So, yes. Okay. We were very happy with that. That that was our first choice. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was just so happy and surprised. And so were our families. And-, and we also, like Monica talked about earlier, one of our worries was my prelim year. Mm. Um, because we ranked an advanced program that opens up the chance that I would have to do a prelim year. Um, somewhere other than where I'm doing my advanced program, and we'd be separated for the first year. So that was the other thing. We got Stanford, and we, then we also got a prelim year in the same area, so we're going to be able to be together for the four Was that on the same letter, or did you have two letters? It's it's all on the same letter. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so if you rank 
If you match at both of them, it lists them both right okay. there. All right. So double tiers, like yeah. double awesomeness. Double yeah. awesomeness. Okay. Yep. And then what? I mean, did you go out to lunch with your family? Did you just talk about Stanford? I mean, what's kind of – you know, because to me, like, it's this weird emotional kind of buildup. Yeah. And then <clears throat> explosion. And then, you know, and then everyone kind of is with their families. And so what What happened next? Like, how do you kind of de-stress from that? And- I think we had to, like, fight through the crowds to find our friends mm-hmm. to see where they matched. And so they gave us, I don't know, like 20 minutes or so to kind of – mingle around the crowd and see where everybody's going and um then our class announced we got to you know oh yeah the fishbowl game yeah explain that to people yeah so the way our school our medical school does it is that we um if, if you want to announce where you're going in front of everybody um everyone's name is put in a fishbowl and so the first name is drawn and that person goes up they put a dollar in a different bowl and then they announce oh this is where i'm going and then they pick the next person. That... And, they, and they pin it on the map. Yes. Right? Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then so they announce it. They pin it on the map and say, okay, they call up the next person to go. They place a dollar, announce, pin it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so there's about, I don't know, $90 or so in the pot at mm-hmm. the end of it. And then the last person who's called gets to keep all that money. Did either of you win the money? We almost did. <laughs> oh. she... So I wanted to increase our chances of winning. But she made she was called very early and said we should go up and announce it together. So I went up with her, Ooh. and then later on, there's probably like the last yeah. ten. Yeah. <laughs> my name was called, and I was like, "Oh, I already went." <laughs> so no, we didn't win, but I was close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it would have been hard for people who know, like everyone knows both of you for one of you to announce it, not the other. Yeah, they've right. just been left hanging there. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, cool. Maybe you're right. Yeah. yeah. And so eventually went out to lunch with family, celebrate. Yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it's a, you know, you don't sleep the night before. Then you're up pretty early. You know, we got up and went over to a friend's house and kind of hung out with some of our friends like the hour before at, mm-hmm. at like eight. And then all this energy and crazy stress, and you're you know talking to your friends and family and trying to see where everyone is going. And then you get done. And then so we went to lunch um, with our families. And it was a beautiful sunny day, and so we spent some time outside. And then, you know, all that happens, and then you start to crash because you're like, I was, I haven't slept, and like I had all this adrenaline going. Mm-hmm. And so, I think about one o'clock, one thirty, I was telling like our families, I'm like, nap I got, time, I got a nap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love you guys, but I got to go home and nap. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. We went home. It's good. An took like an hour and just like totally passed out and it was a glorious nap because we we're just both thinking about the whole day and what happened i remember after i matched in washington dc you know later that day i bought a map this is back before google maps you know they had they had map quests and things like that but like you know then you start like researching like real estate where i'm gonna live and, yeah. and then you start thinking about transportation and all that kind of stuff and sounds similar I actually got a call from um, one of the chief residents oh, cool. later that afternoon, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also sent, like, I think two emails, like two huge emails from Stanford about all of the things, like the paperwork things, registering mm-hmm. for your There's MPI a lot of number yeah. and housing hints and all of that stuff. Did they send you a list of everyone else who matched into your program to kind of like, these are going to be your future, like, residents? I did, yeah. yeah. I got... One from Stanford that said these are your residents, and I also got one from my preliminary at Santa Clara. Okay, that said um, these are the people that you'll be working with as well. But I haven't got the information of like I didn't get as much extensive information as she had. Um, but then you know I actively kind of prevented myself from this weekend of like 
getting too early on the housing market and mm-hmm. thinking about where we're going to go and um because I kind of wanted to just slow down and enjoy it because yeah. that could you know could definitely get overwhelming to like try and plan your life there like mm-hmm. immediately I didn't want to do that I would stress myself out Well it sounds like you're planning something else Correct Yes <laughs> Okay you guys are getting married Yes All right so let's talk about that Um so I was in some meeting with Monica like three or four months ago, and then someone just casually mentioned like, "Oh yeah, her and George are pretty like uh, serious." I'm going, "What? Like I didn't know this." So it shows you how little that I, I've kept in touch, or you know, there's no gossip that goes on in the dean's office. So let's talk about this because again, I get asked a fair amount by people about relationships and med school and things like that. How did yours start? How'd that go? You know, what point in the four years that happened? So we actually met at Second Look Day. Okay. So it was in May before the national deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so they had organized after all of the program activities were done with a hike behind the hospitals. And that's where we met, kind of kept in touch over that summer. And then and that's where when we were on the hike is when I approached her and initiated the conversation. That was actually where I approached him and initiated the conversation. <laughs> so this is still this is still in dispute. Uh, it's only in dispute to one person. Okay. Everyone else knows. What was the topic? Southeast Asia. You were talking, we both traveled in our gap year. Well, her family is Indonesian and she studied abroad in Indonesia, but we also traveled in Vietnam and we kind of bonded over our gap year travel okay. a little bit. All right. So I heard her talking about it and I approached her and asked about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're on each other's radar for the entire summer and school starts. So what yeah, we. Next? We, when I was in Salt Lake City looking for housing stuff, we got together and went on another hike and hung out. And then, um, you know, you just show up for orientation and you start med school and you're around each other all the time. And so, you know, we had common friends and we were in class with each other every day. And so we just started hanging out more and more and more. Um, and then we actually ended up moving in together um, fairly quickly. First year, like See, I didn't know about this year. at all. I had no idea about this. Okay, and I think it's kind of interesting too because you know you start med school and you're especially that first semester, your whole life is kind of absorbed by that. And we spent all of our time together in class all day and studying outside of class. And so, you know, after like five months, it seemed like we knew each other so well because our whole mm-hmm. lives were together. Um, so we moved in like halfway through first year um, and then, you know, supported each other through med school. And then – So third year, did you have any rotations together or did you purposely schedule not to have any rotations together? We, I think the only rotation we scheduled together was family medicine mm-hmm. because George had to do his in Idaho. Yep. And I wanted to do a rural family medicine rotation. So we figured – for those six weeks, let's both be away so okay. we wouldn't you know, have to be away for a total of 12 weeks. But I think that's the only rotation we had together. Step one, studying together, or did you oh, have your yeah. own separate kind of processes? No, step one. Because it's another kind of stress point in med school. Yeah. yeah, we so we actually, my parents have a house up in Victor, Idaho, which is actually where we're getting married. Um, and we kind of wanted to get away. And so we went up there and spent our five weeks of dedicated time, like, Pulled up in the cabin just off the us, grid. Off the grid. Okay. Um, and it was really good because I think uh, I've heard of a, you know a lot of people who have you know family members outside of medicine or that are doing other things in their lives at the time. It can be really distracting to have you know while you're studying ten hours a day to have 
other people distracting you. And we were both on the same schedule. And so it kind of kept us like zeroed in on a mission to like keep going. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even, you know, throughout first and second year, we didn't necessarily study together in that we studied next to each other, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Maybe we would like review some concepts the night before the test or before step one. But a lot of the time was just spent at a shared desk kind of doing our own studying. Mm -hmm. But it was just really nice. It was like a study group, you know. I see George studying, you know, at the ninth hour. And I'm like, okay, I can do one more hour. We would take practice tests at the same time or something like that. Okay, excellent. And then why pediatrics? Why anesthesia? How did you pick those two fields? So I'm one of those rare individuals who knew they wanted to do pediatrics since like end of high school. I actually saw it in one of the old yearbooks Mm -hmm. recently that I wanted to do pediatrics since then. Um, And I think for me, just along the way in medical school, at every checkpoint, pediatrics was just confirmed for me. I think there's just this sense of optimism. And I love all the people that go into the field. And Mm -hmm. um, it's very broad as well. And so it just has everything that I wanted in medicine. Um, I think for me, anesthesia, I got, I think I got lucky in that I got an early elective during my third year, um, that my, you know, I, when we're putting in our request for that, I asked my brother, who's, uh, actually a second year anesthesia resident, you know, what electives you had to go back and do third year again, what electives would you take? And he, he strongly recommended anesthesia. And really at this point, I didn't know too much about it, um, and so I just kind of took took a leap and was like, all right, I'll do anesthesia and check it out. And I think because it's not required here, you you know, I got kind of lucky in that regard that I had an early experience with it. Um, so I had a two-week elective, and I just absolutely loved it. I loved the procedures you get to do. I love the physiology you get to learn. Um, I love, you know, your one-on-one with an attending. And I was just really, really impressed by the knowledge that they had about physiology. Um, and so... Kind of from there, I was hooked, and I kind of the rest of the year, I was like, well, I really liked it, but like keep an open mind. Maybe yeah. you'll like this, maybe you like that. And at the end of the year, I just kind of looked back and, and was nothing else kind of took me the way the anesthesia did. Awesome. Uh, and do you practice on Monica as far as blood draws and, and those needle sticks, or you guys have not well, hit that point in your relationship? Actually, <laughs> we had an – so this was early on in the first year. Yeah. We had an experience where we did a – like a practice IV session. Yeah, we did a practice IV session through like the pediatrics interest group. And I, I went first and I tried on Monica and she's a small girl with teeny little veins in her hand. <laughs> and I was probably dehydrated as well. She was probably dehydrated. It was my first time ever trying. And I infiltrated and like a little, you know, kind of blood bubble started building up and she kind of panicked and started crying. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just killed her. I'm pretty sure he hit like a nerve in my hand and tears immediately came out of my eyes. That bubble will go to your heart. Yes. <laughs> I think that was the last time I stuck a needle in Monica. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, awesome. Well, I'm so happy for you, too. Um, I guess last thing, any advice for anyone out there, either – about to embark on the couples match or, you know, thinking about medical school, what, what would you say to anyone out there? I think that planning is super important with a couples match. And we really started talking with Dr. Stevenson, for instance, mm-hmm. I feel like really early. So as soon as you kind of have in your mind, well, couples match might be an option to just, it's never too early to just start thinking about it. Um, um, I would say... We kind of talked a little bit about it earlier, but communicating with programs that you are in a couples match is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And 
we were successful a couple of times where I had an interview at one place and she didn't or vice versa. And we emailed them and said, Hey, I'm couples matching with this person. They're interviewing at this time. And pretty quickly they, they will send an, send an invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just being open and transparent about it can be really helpful. And it seemed like we got positive reactions to where people would say, Oh, that's so great. I'll talk to the pediatrics program. It seems like they react positively towards that. So mm-hmm. advertising it as much as possible is great. Or even um, emailing to change your interview date so that you can travel there mm-hmm. together because I think the interview season can be really exhausting when you're having to travel all the time and it was just made so much better when we could travel together. And so even if you have dates scheduled like a month or two apart, just sending an email or making a call and sometimes I'll open up a spot for you. Okay, Awesome. That's great. And I guess my last question is with your wedding coming up, like, are you inviting the entire class or how, how does that work? Right. Or like bridesmaids, grooms. I mean, like how, I've, how does your classmates fit into all this? Don't get me started on the guest list. <laughs> uh, so Cause it we, sounds, it sounds complicated, right? Yeah. yeah. We wish that we could invite everyone in our class. Um, but we're doing it up in Victor, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a teeny venue, but it's fairly small. And okay. I, my dad's side has a huge family. So, you know, we wanted a smaller one and our parents kind of wanted a bigger one. So we're still kind of negotiating with that. My, my advice is, is it's your wedding, but you're just guests. Yeah. And right. the closer you get to your wedding, the more uh, people's agendas will start bubbling up. And so yeah. uh, people talk to me. It's like a wave. and You just ride the wave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're riding the wave right yeah. now. So we we definitely have a lot of friends from the med school mm-hmm. coming, and even some that are in the wedding. Um, but yeah, we, we we really wish we could invite everyone for sure. Cool. All right. Well, um, best of luck luck to you. I I love Stanford. I went there as an undergrad. I have good fond fe- feelings of that place. It's like to me, it's like a wonderful part of the country. Beautiful weather. Uh, prices tend to be higher for a lot of things, but so I've heard. <laughs> and then it's worth all right. Six dollars for a gallon of milk. That's okay, <laughs> right? It's all good. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, George Monica. Congratulations. Thanks, Dr. Chan. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio online at thescoperadio.com.